All right, guys, it's about that time. Chris Brooks here with you with uh, Rebels 247 Podcast, part of the 247 Sports Network. And inside the Rebels, as always, hope you guys are having a good early part of the week here on a Monday edition of the show. Happy Father's Day, a uh, day late to everybody, by the way. Of course, that's something I forgot all about over the weekend. I forgot a lot about the weekend. Maybe it was some excitement about the College World Series and looking forward to those games. I just overlooked pretty much everything else that was going on in the world. I think that did happen. Forgot about Father's Day on Sunday. Forgot about the U.S. Open. That was happening over the weekend. Really didn't get a chance to watch any of that. But it's because of the College World Series. I'm officially in. Completely in. I um, mean, I don't, not just the Ole Miss games, but. I spent a, a lot of time this weekend watching all of the games and seeing what was what was going on in Omaha and uh, lamenting the fact that I wasn't there. Would have been nice to make that trip. Let's see what happens when we get to the championship game. Look, I would like to know from you guys. You can answer on the board if you want, or I'll pop, probably put up a post here in a little bit. When do you go? If you're not already there, enjoying the entire week's festivities right if you're not already there at what point do you break down and say i i gotta get there is it do you win one more big game tonight against arkansas if they're able to pull off another win tonight and we'll get into that here in a minute there's a little bit of recruiting to do today but um i would like to make this heavy with the college world series and the game tonight and a few thoughts and some audio that i picked up um from the game the other night when do you go? Is it tonight? Do you wait till they get to the championship series? And once that's cemented, then bam, you take off. You know, when is it? When do you get the green light and you say, all right, that's it. I'm gone. I'm, I'm not going to get a chance to do this again. Or who knows when that chance comes around. I'm, I'm headed up there. But a lot of sights and sounds, lots of pictures, lots of uh, photos, lots of video from the weekend. That was a great opening game on Saturday. And should you be shocked? Listen, a couple of things here. With all due respect, and uh, with all due respect to Todd Walker, who does a great job with the SEC Network, and there's several of these um, guys. I'm, you know, I, I'm one of those. I like to hear other people's thoughts, and I like to to know what they think of other teams coming in here. I didn't know much about Auburn, but I ran across this this morning from uh, Todd Walker with the SEC Network leading up to the Ole Miss Auburn game. And for Ole Miss and Auburn, again, Auburn lost two out of three at home to Ole Miss, and that was week one. That was the middle of March. Here we are three months later. And so for Auburn, I think they're a better team. And like you asked earlier, they're the hottest team in the country right yeah. now, I think. They've got their rotation set now. Uh, they'll go They'll go with Joseph Gonzalez tomorrow as a sinker slider guy by the numbers. With all due respect there, uh, Auburn was hot. And uh, maybe I missed that exactly how hot they were. Auburn was hot coming into this thing. And did did it look like they were hot Saturday night? It did not. Maybe this had something to do with it. Some numbers coming out of the game. I'm getting this from the NCAA's website. You know, just a, a quick rundown of the game, some game stories and that type of thing. And uh, I'm reading what they have from Ole Miss. And, I mean, I, I knew Ole Miss was, was on a run here, right? Uh, I knew they were playing great, rolling through the postseason. All four unseeded teams won their first round game first of all 
if that gives you any idea of how this year is going and how this College World Series is going to go. All four unseeded teams picked up wins in round one, right? So why not the team that technically is the lowest ranked team in the field? Why not them this year? But check out these numbers. The Rebels are 6-0 and in the postseason now by a combined score of 51 to 12, okay, in baseball terms. And those of you, if you're listening to, uh, to this podcast, you know how baseball is. You don't just wipe people out all the time. I mean, baseball, it tends to balance out. You know, a great record in the major leagues is, you know, 600 winning percentage. You just can't win them all. To roll through the postseason when you are playing quality teams, 51 to 12 outscoring opponents, including the 20 to 1 score combined from the Super Regional in Hattiesburg. Ole Miss is playing as well as any team in the country. They are the hottest team. With all due respect to Todd Walker, who I am a fan, I think he does a great job. Uh, ben McDonald, I think, is fantastic. If you've heard some of his commentary doing the games, that guy is as good as it gets. But the hottest team in this thing is Ole Miss. Now, can they keep that going? We'll we'll find out. Dylan DeLucia, I mean, where do we put him now? And how do you think of him in terms of – I'm going to pull up the stats here because I want the, the, the updated numbers on him. So we've had big guys that came through the program and and dominated, and there's there's been a lot of them. You know, go back just the last 20 years with uh, Mike Bianco in charge and, and running things. Who, congratulations, 950th win, 950, 850 at Ole Miss. Had no idea he had gotten to that place. But even now, you look at the ERA from Dylan DeLucia, 4.07. Didn't get off to the greatest start, but here at the end, um, he's been unbelievable. Check out these numbers late in the year. Um, the only game against Arizona, he gave up four earned in six innings. But since then, now he goes to uh, to Hattiesburg, Southern Miss, and throws five and two-thirds scoreless there, struck out nine. And then against Auburn the other night, he gives up the one earned run in seven and two-thirds, four hits. should have been a full eight innings. We had the, the error by Gonzo on that last out. It should have gotten him out of the, the eighth inning. He strikes out 10. Right now, he's pitching. Like right now, when you tried him out there, what I'm trying to say is he's basically hoggling at this point. I mean, when you tried him out there, don't look at the numbers for the year. Just look at him right now, what he's done down the stretch. He's throwing about as well as anybody they've had in recent memory. And you could apply that also to Hunter Elliott, who's throwing about as well as anybody. Look, quietly, and it shouldn't be quiet at this point, these numbers for Hunter Elliott going into tonight against Arkansas. The win-loss isn't there, four and three. 67 innings, 48 hits. You know how hard that is in this league? 67 innings. These are like these are high school numbers when you're just dominating teams. 67 innings, 48 hits allowed, 92 strikeouts, 30 walks, 92 strikeouts in 67 innings. 
opposing hitters are hitting 202 and uh, the earned run average is 2.82 hunter elliott man I'll, that would that I, I need to think about that sentence i want to say hunter elliott is pitching as well as any freshman i can ever remember at old miss ever but i'd have to go back and look at all those numbers and pull some of that up but he's throwing it as well as anybody ever has now the only thing that makes me a little nervous if you saw the headline from hunter where he says that uh, the Arkansas team is pitchable. Sometimes that's a, you know, I don't like any of the talk ahead of ahead of time. You know, you want to just go out there and do it, right? But then I pull up the actual audio from what he said. And, uh, I mean, we, we are really bad about pulling things out of context. I know you don't want to give bulletin board. This is what he actually said. Uh, you really got to pitch to him. You really got to make pitches. But obviously, just like any team, they're pitchable if you if you do execute your, execute your pitches and uh, have your best stuff, you can beat them. Okay, now that's very different than when you just read Hunter Elliott says Arkansas's lineup is pitchable. Okay, if you stop there, it's like okay, why would you say that? You leave off the dot dot dot, man. And we and media, that's just that's the way things are these days. There's there's never a dot dot dot, and then after that you you get whatever's left. Yeah, they're pitchable if you execute all your pitches, and 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 if you're throwing the ball well. But no, that you don't get a lot of that. So no, he didn't say anything wrong. When I first read the headline, I'm like, oh, that wasn't a, that wasn't the greatest idea. And look, it, I guess it doesn't matter. The Arkansas hitters, if they want to, you know, latch on to that and use it as motivation, and that's fine. Hitters do that. Pitchers do that. Athletes do that. You know, you're looking for anything out there that's going to give you an edge. But he didn't do anything wrong there. Um, I'm excited about the Hunter Elliott matchup tonight with Arkansas. They haven't seen him. So I think that is that's in Ole Miss's favor. If you'll remember, um, earlier in the year, well, they did see him. I'm sorry. That's my bad. I'm thinking of another series. Was it maybe a South Carolina he didn't pitch in? early, early in the year uh, against Arkansas early this season, six innings, four hits allowed, three earned runs. He struck out eight and he walked one. So he threw great already once against Razorbacks. You know, we'll see if he can do it again tonight. I absolutely would call Ole Miss the hottest team left. Here's a little bit more audio from the, the game the other night and from the broadcast in the, in the post game as soon as this thing went final. Ole Miss with your 5-1 win over Auburn. Pretty impressive stuff. I mean, you're talking about a pitching staff that is operating at absolutely the highest level you could possibly perform in postseason baseball. An offense that's doing plenty and a, a team that is certainly carrying themselves with the swagger of a former number one. The Rebels are certainly dangerous right now. And and how about the audio from uh, from Sports Center as soon as the game is over? And look, baseball is not football by any means. You know, it's for for the better part of things, it's it's more of a niche sport in 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 the world of college athletics. It depends on who wants to be good at it. In our league, it's not niche sport because everybody wants to be good at it for the most part. That's not true all around the country, but in the SEC and especially in Mississippi. So you don't always get a ton of national run out of it unless you get to this stage 
and if you are the primetime game leading up into Sports Center, which is just the way this worked out. I, I can't remember which Sports Center anchor that it was, but one of them, I think the second sentence leading off Sports Center was from uh, talking about Mike Bianco from the hot seat to the hottest coach in the country. And that's where he is. I mentioned the 950 wins already. That's exactly where Mike is at this point. I mean, he has this thing rolling, and I don't know what changed. Look, for him, whatever changed, like, and I I threw this analogy out the other day, and I think we already did this on the podcast, the Tom Osborne example. Remember Tom Osborne in Nebraska? He was great. He was great. They just could never get over the hump on a national stage, just could not get there. It's like the guy just could not catch a break. And then the last four years, they win three titles, and they started catching all of them. It's like the law of averages. Everything started evening out a little bit. I would love to see that happen for Mike. Uh, A classy guy who's done everything right at Ole Miss. I would love to see him be that guy. And here at the end, all the breaks start flowing his way. But I don't know what's changed. Maybe nothing. Maybe he changed. Um, there's a quote in here from him where basically he says the team went through hell and back this year. And uh, I don't know, maybe I'd, I'd love to interview him. I'd love to talk to him. Maybe there's a, a place in there and a time when all that's happening and you're at your low spot. You know, you just kind of throw your hands up in there. And you're like, screw it. You know, we're going, we're just going to do this. You, you know what I mean? Just like, hey, look, doesn't matter anymore. Uh, pressure's gone. Everybody thinks we're crap. Let's just go out here and, and see what happens. I don't know if he did anything philosophically, maybe just approach with the team. Who knows? But I hope it's something he can put his finger on as I did this and it worked, something that he can go back to and uh, and use it again because whatever that thing is, um, it's working. I'm looking at the bracket here to see exactly what's coming down the road. So right now, You've got the game with Arkansas. And um, bear with me here for a minute. I'm trying to look and see who else has, has all the who, – um, who's going where in the way this bracket – the NCAA does this. It, the interactive bracket's just weird. The way they set this thing up is just weird. So you get the Ole Miss-Arkansas matchup. Loser would play the winner of the Stanford-Auburn game. The winner is in the Cadbird seat. You get a win tonight – and you're in good shape. Then you're also looking at a very good opportunity if you need him to bring back Dylan DeLucia. Maybe on short rest, but you could bring him back if game three didn't go the way you wanted it to. And look, I'm getting way ahead of our of, of everything here, but that's there. But if you win the night against Arkansas, you start really – envisioning what could happen this year and and look i'm i'm here for it hopefully tonight goes well i'm looking forward to that um i'm looking to see if there's anything else we need to knock out today we really don't there's a few there's some recruiting things here and i like to do recruiting every day um the ahmad brown commitment was a big one i've mentioned this before Ole miss is probably only going to take roughly half a dozen 
high school kids, and this is all contingent on what kind of players they're bringing in and who they can get. That number could go up or down. But they've had a lot of success. They have. Uh, and I've mentioned this before. Whatever happens with Jaden Rashada, I'm fine with it because in the world in NIL, I think you can overextend. I like the way Ole Miss is doing this. Some of the money ball approach. I heard really good NIL information this weekend. I think Ole Miss is in good shape. Maybe not Texas A&M shape. Maybe not Auburn shape. Maybe not Georgia shape. But they won't be. They won't be coming to these. Uh, I'm trying to think of the right analogy here. They will compete. That's the easiest way to say it. Um, I'd heard very good news on that end in terms of what they're going to be working with. And uh, they are going to be competitive. And especially if you think those dollars are being used more wisely with transfers, you absolutely don't overextend yourself on high school guys. It's just the way this is. Plus, when you bring a transfer in, they've lost their ability to transfer back out without penalty. And if the transfer way is the best way, and if those dollars go further doing it that way, I'm I'm all about it. But we'll see. Um, it worked for Michigan State last year. And honestly, I think it's going to work for Ole Miss this year. I think this is going to be a very good football season. I think overwhelmingly the transfers they brought in will be good players. And I think there's a template there going forward for Lane Kiffin, who somebody described to me over the weekend as nesting. <laughs> I mean, uh, just to say someone who looks more comfortable in Oxford and maybe the plans there are starting to be more long-term than from the jump. Um, there's a template there that he has come up with that I think is working. I think will prove itself to work in the fall and can, can work going forward. All right, guys, that's going to do it for a Monday edition of the rebels two, four, seven podcast here on 247 Sports and Inside the Rebels. Hope you have a great day. Enjoy the game tonight. I'll be on the board in the live thread with Jared Redding and certainly looking forward to that. Y'all have a great day. And until tomorrow, we'll see you there.